Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Florida's fourth estate with host Ginger Gadsden and Matt Austin. The show where we bring Florida into focus. <laughs> Woo! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Florida's Fourth Estate. I wish you guys could see us just about 30 seconds before we actually start recording. Because Why you know would they want to see? see that? That would be embarrassing. <laughs> you get to see the sausage made. <laughs> and, and sadly, our guest today got to see that sausage. Let's serve them up something a little bit better today. Hi, everyone. I'm Ginger Gadsden. Okay, we're not going to show anybody sausage today. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> this is already off the rails, but we have a fantastic podcast for you today. It's a new documentary we're talking about. It's called The Happiest man on earth it's about this guy named billy flanagan who once disney was shut down for covid decided to take his show on the road want to show you a little piece of the trailer before we begin the interview let's take a look <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome to billy flanagan's experience it was Amazing. Billy's been working at Disney for a very long time. It was like an institution. I was loving what I was doing. It became my life. I became somebody who would learn things fast so that I would always be the one that they would turn to. Hats off to Billy Flanagan. You know, the pandemic shut him down, so he decided to do singing telegrams with a personalized song and dance, spreading love one smile at a time. I just say, take me where I'm supposed to go today to make a difference in someone's life. Everybody mm. says when you work on Disney property, you're creating magic for the guests. For Billy, that doesn't stop on Disney property. That's just his way of life. He's pedaled over 3,000 miles on his bike delivering smiles. He is doing something so very simple and it's making so many people mm. happy. He's like a fairy godfather, someone magical who just always comes mm. when they... So how about that? Disney wow. shuts down this performer for 40 years, ends up taking the show on the road for thousands of miles on his bike. Sounds like something we should do a podcast about, huh, Ginger? And here we are. We are so happy to have our guest today. We're talking, oh my gosh, to Billy Flanagan, who I'm so excited that we uh, are getting a chance to do this because it's a big, big week coming up. And we're also talking to, I feel like if this man had not reached out, that we wouldn't be hearing about Billy Flanagan. We're talking to Colin Douglas, who is the writer on this. And thank you, gentlemen, so much for joining us for Florida's Fourth Estate. And Billy, I want to start with you because it is that is a tall order when someone says you're anything, the happiest this, the, the saddest that, but being the happiest man who worked formerly at the happiest place, that's a tall order. Do you feel a lot of pressure to live up to that? Or is that just who you are? I would say that's really just who I am. I inherited a lot of that from my dad, who I feel was truly the happiest man on earth. But I 
you know, yes, it's sometimes when I am feeling sad or whatever, I do go, wait, I, I can't be happy. But, you know, you have to be real. So absolutely, I go through things. And I think that's what a lot of this film is about, is how you can turn the bad into good. Yeah. So. Mm. And, and Billy, so what gave you this idea? You decided at some point during the pandemic that you were going to ride a bike and you were going to cheer people up by singing to them outside of their homes. What made you want to do this? What, what kind of sparked the whole thing? You know, it was about two weeks into COVID when I figured we'd already be back at work and we weren't. And I would go out and bike every day because I am not somebody that can sit around. <laughs> I've got too much energy for that. So I was biking anyway, and I just stopped at a girl's house who lived right off the West Orange Trail in Winter Garden. And I knocked on her door, just thought I would cheer her up because I knew she lived alone. And she started crying. We chatted for a while, socially distanced, of course. And then she posted something and then other people would see, read her posts and ask, oh, I want one of those. I want one mm. of those. And in the beginning, I was calling them Billy Grams. And so I would start plotting <laughs> up my day. Like the pastor. I thought that was funny, too. That's funny. Then, That's funny. then one of my coworkers dubbed them Flanagrams, which I thought, well, why didn't oh, I think of that? That's good, too. Yeah. Way better, too. So... Um, it just kind of became this thing that grew because people were just in desperate need for you know, companionship. A lot of people who lived alone, they were sitting at home twiddling their thumbs or afraid to go out. And I knew that people would be home. So I knew that it wouldn't really be a fail if I rode 42 miles to somebody's house that they weren't going to be there because everybody stayed home unless they were at the grocery store and then they'd be right back. So I really wasn't that scared about it. So. It just kind of kept growing and growing. And then I had the opportunity to drive somebody's car out to Los Angeles. Uh, they were they were looking for a company to do it. And I said, if I can put my bike on the back, I'll do it. And she said, sure. So I rode out there and stopped in every state along the way and saw some friends who had followed the, the story online through my Instagram and other people's Instagrams. And when I showed up at their houses in Texas and in Arizona, I mean, they were shocked that I was there and then all my California friends and then I thought well after that we were still not back at work so I took a ride up the east coast to visit my family and stopped in every state along the way and saw somebody and then I came back and we were still not going back to work so I rode up the midwest to Chicago to see my son and his family and stopped in every state along the way so all in all I ended up biking physically biking 7,000 miles visited 16 states and saw over oh. 500 people on my journey. That is incredible. And, you know, I want to ask Cullen this question. When you heard about what Billy was doing, uh, and we just heard the story, which is incredible, but sometimes you hear this great story and then it doesn't turn out to be what you think it might be. What was it about Billy's story that you knew you had something here? I knew I had something it was actually my friends who were posting about it. Um, you know, I was a, a former cast member over 20 years ago at Walt Disney World. And so I was noticing on Facebook and on Instagram, as was pointing out, that these friends were getting these flanograms. And so I knew it wasn't sort of clickbait. I knew that there was actually something happening. And I had already been predisposed to the kind of man that Billy Flanagan was. When I was working at Disney, unfortunately, Billy and I never actually physically shared his face together, but he was 
legendary 25 years ago. Everybody mm -hmm. talked about Billy as being, you know, heir apparent, Mr. Disney, the man with the thousand watt smile. And, and the mm -hmm. fact that he was doing this just sort of, it lifted me out of where I was. You know, my family and I, we were all locked down here in Los Angeles and the industry was shut down. You know, I wasn't able to go and stand in front of the camera as an actor or direct a, a group of actors. And yet I knew I could still tell stories. And so through mutual friends, I was able to connect with Billy and we began talking and I realized not only was there this incredible fun, you know, kind thing that Billy was doing, but there was also a story underneath all of that, an even deeper narrative that Billy was very willing to to open up about. And, and I knew at that point that we had the makings of a really incredible documentary. Cullen, you wow. mentioned the, the legend of Billy Flanagan at Disney. 40 years as a performer there at Disney. I'm wondering, where would people recognize you, Billy? So if they've been to Disney at some point, what performances? Get people to know your history at Disney because it's a pretty well-known four-decade journey there, right? Yeah, yeah. Sure, I, I will give you uh, my kind of speech about all my full-time employment. So I started out as a kid of the kingdom back in 1982 during the 10th Centennial Celebration. I actually opened Epcot. I was in the performing cast that there were 12 performers that danced right in front of Spaceship Earth on opening day. I was one of those. Um, and then I went over to Epcot to perform as a host for the World Dancer Show. After that, I went over back to the Magic Kingdom to do a show called Fantasy Follies. And then from there, I went over to the Hoopty Doo Review, where I spent many years there. After that, I left Disney World, transferred out to Disneyland for two years to do the Golden Horseshoe Jamboree. Came back when they opened the Hollywood Studios and did a show called Broadway at the Top, which was my favorite show I've ever done at Disney. That was at the top of the Contemporary <laughs> Hotel. Two guys, three girls, Broadway music, live orchestra, just amazing. That show closed, and then I got cast as Ken in the Magical World of Barbie at Epcot. Oh, I could see and that. Then, just like, I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then that show closed, unfortunately. And just in time uh, for, I went back to Hoop to Do, the Animal Kingdom was opening, and then I opened Tarzan Rocks. I did that show until that closed. Were you then Tarzan? I, wants to be, I was not Tarzan. I was the singer. <laughs> Oh, okay. I had, I had a bigger role in the show. The <laughs> you had a bigger role than Tarzan. <laughs> bigger than Tarzan. Gotcha. Tarzan made a guest appearance. <laughs> so, um, and then when that show closed, I hosted Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Play It. But then that show closed. <laughs> and then I was cast in Finding Nemo the Musical. And I did that all the way until the shutdown. And then COVID came. I was brought back. And they taught me Frozen for the first time in Forever sing-along celebration, where I did for a year and a half until they finally brought Nemo back. And then they sent me back over to Finding Nemo, now called Finding Nemo the Big Blue and Beyond. So that's all my full-time stuff. From, <laughs> now, from that's the there, Cliff Notes version? <laughs> was, yeah. I was a park swing, what they call the park swing back in the day. So I learned every show on property. And at any time, I would be pulled to do whatever. So I'd go from a Kid of the Kingdom show and then run over to the Diamond Horseshoe, then do the hoop doo Then I'd start my day at the breakfast show and end my day at Top of the World. And so I worked so much. In 1986, I only had six days off the entire year. 
because I was working. And most of those days were doubles or triples that I did. My career there has just been so phenomenal. And I, you know, I thought I'd stay for a year and I ended up <laughs> staying 40 because it's just been such a variety of amazing things that I've gotten to do. Well, this is why everyone knows you because you've done every single job there. It would have been easier for you to tell us the jobs you have not done. Right. At, that's at it. I can tell you that really quick. <laughs> Lion King and the Luau. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And the thing is, Disney, we always say when we do a Disney story, we say Disney is Central Florida's largest employer. It has more people working here in Central Florida than any other company, right? And then people know you out of this large entity. How does that even, like, how do you walk around and just get things done, Billy? Oh, gosh. It, 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 trust me. It's easy. Uh, <laughs> no one really recognizes. It, it's so funny. I, I've worked for indirect sales on the outside of Disney. I've done some other shows and stuff. So I've really come in contact with thousands of people. And the joke was, you know, with my family, if I travel with my family, is where can we go where no one knows dad? Because inevitably in an airport, somebody will say, were you in the Barbie show or were you in Tarzan or do you work at Disney or aren't you that guy from Party Light? So they don't necessarily know my name, but they know what I've done. So that's, yeah. that's really fun. I would imagine. So I'm thinking about the documentary here, traveling thousands of miles on a bike. Many people would think of that from your perspective, Billy. But Cullen, I'm thinking of it from you. Did you follow him the entire time? How did the production work while you were going on this, you know, 7,000 mile journey here? It was a continual process in that um, we were all, all still in lockdown as we were making the film. And so things were unfolding. Billy was continuing to deliver his flanograms. And so through the way in which we are all speaking today, you know, we were able through the internet and hopping on Zoom and other platforms, we were able to connect with the people that he had most recently flanogrammed. And they too then became a part of the story that we were telling. And just as we were sort of heading towards home base is when unfortunately because of the pandemic and what it had done to the economy when disney was forced to let go of 700 and and many performers um performers i had to take a hard right um in my final edit because i realized that wow not only have i been telling billy's story but this is a bigger story story about all of these individuals who make their living and their homes in Central Florida mm -hmm. and how this thing has gotten bigger and affected all of us in so many ways. Yeah, and for people who are going to come out and see the documentary, and it's it's more than just about, it's, I mean, it's a, a literal journey, but it's also sort of a metaphorical journey as well. Would you say that? I I, I would definitely. Are you speaking to Billy or myself? Billy, 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 yeah. For, for me, and let me tell you, Cullen Douglas is brilliant. He told my story <laughs> better than I ever could have told my story. That man did so much research. The very first day we sat down to film me in my home, he had me close my eyes and he took me through this journey of going into my home back in Avon, Massachusetts, and he had talked about my mother's Sunday dinner. So he had nabbed all this information oh, wow. 
from my family and my sisters. He knew the steps that I would walk up to go into my bedroom and which window it was. I mean, he just took me there and I was mm. bawling my eyes out. By the time he said, now open your eyes. And I'm like, how are you gonna call this the happiest man on earth? Because I'm crying. <laughs> it, was, it was so amazing. But yes, um, metaphorically, it, I'm hoping that this film will help anyone who is struggling with being bullied because of doing what they love to do. Anybody who is struggling with their sexuality, everybody who is struggling with finding something in such a dark time like COVID to be able to lift other people up. You know, and I think that's where I find my happiness. Working at Disney has helped me with that. You know, I've created magic for 40 years and it really, for me, it, it's my purpose. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to hear you talk about Disney. Disney's been in the headlines a lot lately. We recently did a podcast about how some people say Disney doesn't take care of its employees the way they should. I feel like I should ask you, in your 40 years with Disney, have you been happy with the treatment and the pay and the benefits and, and all of that? What, what is your feeling on that? For me... 100%. Disney mm. has taken such good care of me. Now, the people in the that were there in the beginning, when it was just the Magic Kingdom, it was a different company because it was just the Magic Kingdom. You know, as the company grew, there are some benefits and things like that that had to go away, but it wasn't anything that was painful. It was something that you just had to adjust to. Disney has been the most amazing employer for me to be able to be a contracted entertainer there because we only are guaranteed one year every year and mine have i've signed 41 consecutive wow. contracts which is unheard of for an entertainer there at all a lot of the entertainers will work there for a few years maybe become a manager or move on to other things that they had interest in but i didn't i just kept wanting to perform that's all i wanted to do and disney's been amazing to me so I would have to disagree with whoever said that because my benefits are awesome. My daughter's a type one diabetic and Disney takes care of, you know, so much of that. All that caught, you know, their insurance plans have been great. My benefits are great. Yeah. My pay is great. So yeah. You are happy. It's Colin, great. I feel like yeah. you want to chime in here. You know, what was really interesting, you guys, was when I circled back, once the, the firings happened and Disney had to let go of all of those performers. I, I went back and I, I reintroduced myself and reacquainted myself with a lot of the uh, folks that we had interviewed earlier on in the process. And across the board, and it's featured in the film, everyone I spoke to, every single performer, not a single one of them had any ill will towards the company. They recognized that it was bigger than all of us and that the only way that Disney was going to be able to turn the corner and thrive was to cut back in certain ways. But every single one of them said, if Disney calls me, I'm there tomorrow. I will mm -hmm. sign back up. I've got my ears on. I'm ready to go. And that to me just spoke to the culture it, it, that's been created there in Central Florida. Yeah. Um, and, and going back to, you know, the fact, Colin, this is for you, that you had to really research Billy, and you got to know him even before you sat down and, and spoke with him. Do you feel like, well, 
Tell me how it is getting to know someone on that level. Did you also learn something about yourself in, in researching Billy? Did you find some similarity or familiarity there? I did in so many ways. I mean, it, it, my journey was not exactly like Billy's, but there was a commonality in, in many ways. You know, I grew up not doing doing a lot of the sports. I was always run off to dance rehearsal or play practice. And so I suffered some of the bullying, bullying that, that uh, Billy had gone through. But then more than that, Billy reminded me kind of in a really profound way about why I got into this business. I started out as a live performer and had that daily interaction with either park guests or with folks that I was entertaining in the theater and getting, getting that immediate reaction from them. And as the years have passed, my career has taken me into film and television. And you all know that, you know, you shoot the film and it's a year or two years later before it even sees the light mm -hmm. of day and you don't have that connection. And so in telling Billy's story, it brought me back to my roots. It brought me back to why I, I decided to get into this business in the first place and that was to tell stories and and to entertain which billy has been lucky enough to do for 40 years now yeah. it was just incredible yeah. quite the story it is guys thank you so much for joining us if you would like to check out this documentary there are two premiere events taking place at the garden theater in winter garden october 1st and 2nd there's more information at clickorlando.com if you're an insider at Clicko, you can use a link there at Click Orlando to buy a ticket for 20 bucks, which is a great deal. Billy Flanagan, Cullen Douglas, thank you guys so much for ah. joining us for Florida's Fourth Estate. Thank you so much for having thank us. Thank you all. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you. All right, we'll see you next week.